Man, it's good to be here. Good to see everybody. You guys like the, the I think we're almost done. Man, God is so good. He's blessed us with uh, amazing people that have been working so hard, you know, here, Carlos, uh, Jason, you know, so, so many people to mention. And, and we, just, we just want you to know this is, this was done in a record time. Like, most of the stuff was completed within less than three weeks. And, uh, you know, details here and there, but I'm just so grateful for our church family, and, you know, we would put a message out there. Children's Church is getting better and better, and uh, we'll put a message out there. Hey, we need this, and, like, same day, like, three people, like, I can go. I can put it together, you know, and so we're just so grateful for our family, you know. It's, uh, it's a real privilege and honor to, to be part of it with you guys, so oh, God is so good. God is so good. Hmm. My wife's message last week was incredible. If you didn't hear that, you need to go and uh, listen to that. She uh, killed a sacred cow and uh, talked about, you know, what the Bible says about suffering uh, with uh, suffering for Jesus and, and sharing in his suffering and, and that sacred cow that so many people have misinterpreted and for so many years, right? That just doesn't make sense. So I just want to encourage you, whenever you hear, whenever you read something in Scripture and just doesn't line up with the rest of God's promises and the character of God, just look deeper into it, you know. Look deeper into it, you know. And, uh, and, I, and I love that part because uh, today I'm talking about faith. For the next three weeks, we'll be, we'll be studying faith. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that praying in tongues does is it, builds us up in our most holy faith. You know, it edifies us. And like I said a few weeks ago, it's like we go nuclear, you know. We go nuclear. You have, you have uh, plutonium here, and it's good to light up, uh, you know, a room. But when you enrich it, it's nuclear, you know. You can have a nuclear bomb. So uh, that's our faith, you know. We've all been given a measure of faith. We have faith that has been given to us. It's not our faith that we earned or we worked really hard on building up. No, you, you were give, when you were born again, you were given the measure of faith. You got plutonium. You got to enrich it, right? And I want to thank our, our friends, uh, Pastor Chad and Gina, who are here from uh, Chino Valley. They're on a little vacation. Would you guys stand up for a second? They're on a little vacation from Chino Valley. They pastor a church up there. Uh, they're youth leaders, and youth came to, uh, to camp with us, and, uh, and they came for, for a vacation this week, and we got to spend time with them yesterday, and they're visiting here today, so thank you. It's an honor to have you here today. Um, so anyways, enrich our faith. You know, I was thinking about that. Um, it's like you've been given a treadmill, and you've been given legs. Like, they're both good, not like one of mine right now, still getting better, you know, both good legs, and you can, you can get stronger. All you got to do is get on the treadmill, right? You just got to use it. Like it's already been given to you. Now you just have to strengthen it, exercise it, right? Make them strong legs. But you didn't earn the, the treadmill. You didn't earn the legs. You didn't have to work hard for them. They were just given to you. And the same thing is faith is given to us. It's not like, oh, yeah, he, you know, they gave him a lot of faith. They didn't give me that much faith. Uh, I wish I had that much faith. No. No, we've all been given faith. And so we're going to be talking about faith. Um, 
Kara talked about being friends of God last week, and I love that because, um, you know, some people call themselves uh, servants, right? Oh, I'm just a lowly servant of God, you know, and there's truth in that. He's a servant, right? We're called, we're called to serve God and serve in his kingdom. That's, that, is, that is truth, but there's, there's higher truths, and what I mean by that is like, you know, you're a servant, but you're also a son, and actually before being a servant, you're a son, you're a daughter. But then the other reality of that is that, like my wife said last week, when you um, mature in the Lord and you grow up, you're not only a son that serves his father, but you also become a friend. You know, when you study the Bible and you study, uh, you know, the big uh, personalities in there and Abraham and Enoch and, and people like that, you realize like some people in the Bible were friends of God. Enoch was such a good friend of God that God's like, you know what? Just, just come up here. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and was no more. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> God's like walking with him. He's like, you know what? Your ho- my house is closer than yours. Just come up here. <laughs> you know, he didn't die. He was a friend of God. But it requires faith to be a friend of God. Right? The Bible tells us that to please God, it requires faith because we must believe that he exists because we cannot see him. Amen. And so Abraham was a friend of God, right? He had conversations with him that when you read him, you go, oh my gosh, I don't know if I would dare talk to God like this. He was a friend of God. And the awesome thing about that is that the invitation is open for all of us. You know, I want all my kids to be my friends. Maybe not right now, all of them. (laughs) But as they grow and mature and become more responsible, you know, they grow in self-control and and, and in power. And I want to be their best friends. You know, I'm raising adults. That's what you're, we're raising them to be adults and to be good friends. My wife is such a good friend, so they have a great, great example to learn from. I am too, but just my wife is just super good. So we're going to go to Hebrews uh, 11. And uh, I have quite a few scriptures I'm going to read this morning. So if you don't have time to find all of them, write them down so you can study them during the week. And um, we'll see how much we get through today. But... um, you know, one of my questions for you this morning is, what are you using your faith for? What are you using your faith for right now, today, you know, in this season of your life, or this week, this last week? Because the thing we, I want us to realize is that the moment that you don't need faith for anything, you're living life without God. You know, faith will see the invisible and will accomplish the impossible. So if you have nothing impossible that you're trying to accomplish, then you're good. You don't need God. You're on your own. I mean, you're amazing. God made us all amazing. But he didn't call us just to do good things. He called us to do impossible things. Think about Noah. You know, Noah is in the, in the hall of faith. And, uh, and, and the guy believed God. And because he believed God, he obeyed God. 
See, when you obey God, it's because you believe God. So those kind of go hand in hand. And then you can do something crazy like build a boat in the middle of the desert, you know, where there's no water. And nobody's ever seen one, right? And be like, all right, I'll be the loony of the town. But, you know, by faith, Noah built the boat and him and his family were saved. You know, and so there's things that God calls us to do in our life, uh, things that are tied to our purpose, things that are uh, seasonal, things that are um, circumstantial, that we need to learn to be in faith all the time. You know, so if you speak in tongues, that's great. You're enriching plutonium faith inside of you. But if you got nothing to use it on, then, you know, what's the point? Right? It's just sitting there doing nothing. Um, let's see. So there's many, uh, many areas in our life where we can use faith, right, for impossible things. Health and healing, right? Like I've, I've been having a walk of faith like I've never had before, right? Healing. I received my healing on April 24th, the moment I fell off that dirt bike, right? And sometimes we see healings, and we've, we've seen miracles, instant miracles. We've seen people getting out of wheelchairs, right? And so when I don't see that in my life, what do I do? Do I get discouraged? Do I go, oh, it's not true? Uh, it's not always true? It's not for everybody? No, right? Because we always say God's word's always true. And if our experience isn't God's word yet, we don't water down the word. We stand on the word until our experience becomes like the word of God says, Right? And so sometimes it's a process, but there's also promises, you know, like Romans 8, 28, that says that to those who love God, all things work together for their good, you know? So I'm like, all right, this, this is taking a little longer, but God is true to his word. He's healing my leg, and, and this is going to work out for my good somehow. Going to have something really good come out of this. And let me tell you, it's been some amazing things, amazing things in the last three months, you know? Who would have thought that... While I am lame, we would expand the church. <laughs> First time we moved into this suite, you know, uh, there was a lot of things to do. This was just an empty shell, you know. I lived here, like, from sunup to sundown. And, uh, and so, you know, the first thought was, like, how are we going to do that? And I was like, no. That's why there's a, a whole family to do that, right? But... Um, but what I mean is, like, God doesn't stop, you know. He, he continues to move. His plans cannot be thwarted. Is that how you say that word? Yeah. First time I use it, I'm expanding my vocabulary, you know. <laughs> I need to translate that to Spanish to see how you say that. <laughs> yeah, some of you don't know. Spanish is my first language. <laughs> Full of surprises today. <laughs> we can use faith for health and healing. For finance and resources. You know, God doesn't want us to struggle. You know, so God wants to be involved in every area of our life. So that it's not just like everybody else's, but that it is supernatural. Right? I've always said, like, we do the possible. He adds the impossible. It's a, it's a co-laboring thing. Right? But it requires faith in that to see it go to a level that is beyond what we could do in our ability. So think about the things in your life. You know, I'm like... Can I do this on my own? Okay, what would it look like if God was involved in this? Because there's promises in the word for my health, for my finances, for relationships, for protection, you know. 
And um, so, so let's go real quick to Hebrews um, chapter 11. In uh, verse 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Right? Another version says faith is substance. Right? Faith realizes uh, what we can imagine, what we can see. So faith and hope need to go together. So that's why I was saying if you could have nuclear faith but have no vision, no hope, no project, no task, no impossibility to take on, then it's almost like, what is it for? Like, you have a lot of faith, but you need to go for a prayer walk like Nick and Molly and start praying for some people, you know? Because the thing is that I hear people say sometimes, you know, I have faith for this, but I don't have faith for that, you know? Uh, and, and that could be true. I'm not saying that, that that's not true. But um, like some people say, I have faith for finances, but not for health, right? Well, when you pray in tongues, your faith is enriched. That is for anywhere where your faith is weak or, or lacking, right? And, and, and I know that we use these words sometimes. We say, like, I don't have that much faith, or my faith is weak, or my faith is lacking. But a minute ago, I said that we all were given the same measure of faith, okay? So I'll explain what that means. I mean, it's, it's, it's really just unbelief. It's, unbelief. it's just unbelief, you know? So you have faith for healing, but you don't. But you have unbelief for finances. That's really it. So when you pray in tongues, that faith is being enriched, and it's filling in all the gaps and all the little bubbles and holes, air pockets, of where you need faith to be, right? Like that's why they're saying. You know, I was listening to them when they uh, when they were saying. You know, it's like. It's like we got more confident, we got more bold, and we were just going and pray for people. Why? Because when you pray in tongues, right, it, it, it builds your faith up in the areas where you felt weak before or you didn't feel like you had enough faith or enough boldness. So all of a sudden you start seeing changes in places where you felt weak before. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what it does. That's what He does when we start speaking in tongues. When we employ Him and we say, hey, we need to collaborate, we need to partner in this, you know, that's what I love. Paul said, you know, I am thankful that I pray in tongues more than everyone. I'm like, I'm, I'm competing with you, Paul. <laughs> you know, I've been, um, this, this was a really good week for me. I, um, I went upstairs back to my bedroom, okay, after the second surgery. So that's really awesome. And, um, and then uh, I started driving again. My wife was not at home, and I was like, <laughs> nobody was home, and I'm like, I go out, I'm like, I wonder, you know, open the car, I wonder, and I put my leg in, it was in, I wonder, you know, doctor, the doctor's been telling me, like, the reason why you can't do that movement is because your leg forgot how to work. The reason why you can't do that is because your muscle forgot how to work. And I'm like, oh. So when I get in the car, I'm like, gosh, I hope, I wonder if, do I still remember how to drive? <laughs> and I just kept thinking, I'm like, I'm like, it's been three months. It's just like if I went on a mission trip and I didn't drive the whole time and now I'm coming back. So it should be fine, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I did good, you know. I did good, you know, so I started driving this week again. I feel like I got my permit back, you know. (laughs) 
I should retake the test. No. Defaulted to Mexican driving. Uh, um, anyways, uh, two weeks ago was, well, this, this week was really good. The previous week was one of the hardest weeks of my life because it was, it was the most pain I've ever felt in uh, physical therapy. Like, I've never cried, and this guy made me cry. And I was, like, just so frustrated and so upset. I'm like, I can't wait for this to be done. I don't know what's going on, what's happening. Like, it was really, really hard. Um, but this week was really good. And, and so one of the things that happened is that the horrible week, I call it the week of hell, um, I was, it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, horrible days every day. <sighs> I'm like, there's so much confusion inside of me because I'm like, like, this is so wrong. Why do I keep coming back to this guy? Like I teach people, if you're in an abusive situation, don't go back. <laughs> like if someone keeps hurting you, don't go back and certainly don't pay them, you know? And so <laughs> there's such a, cognitive dissonance inside of me I'm like what is happening but uh so Wednesday night you know Holy Spirit reminds me I'm like I was in so much pain that I was just like just out you know just not really not really pressing in prayer or anything like that you know and and God reminded me I'm like you got to start praying in tongues again you see breakthrough every time like like throughout this healing uh these three months I've seen breakthrough every time I start praying uh, in tongues for long periods of time. And so I was like, Wednesday, I started praying in tongues, you know. Thursday's praying in tongues like crazy. Thursday, uh, it got better. Friday got a little better, you know. And then this week was just awesome. It was great. It's like we'll have a, a couple screaming moments, you know, like maybe 10 seconds and I'll be good, you know, no more crying and, and I'm doing good, you know. But I'm saying I'm praying in tongues so much, I curse you fly. Stop flying around here. <laughs> I'm talking to a fly. Nobody in this line, okay? There's a fly right here. And so um, I said, I've been praying in tongues so much that even in therapy, I started praying in tongues. Like the guy's, you know, he's like bending my knee. He's coming in. I'm like, you know, one, he's like, I even have him praying in tongues. He doesn't even know about it, you know? Because when it got really, really tough, I go, Shaka! He goes, he goes, Shaka, what is that? I'm like, keep going, man. <laughs> but uh, even he's being transformed. Yeah, I'm trilingual, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, praying in tongues, man, the devil doesn't like it. So he wants to distract us. He wants to become a louder voice and, and a distraction for us to stop praying in tongues. But the truth is you, you'll, you'll see more breakthrough than ever when you're praying in tongues. It's, it's such a... Uh, it's such an act of surrender and trust to God because you don't understand what you're saying. It certainly sounds crazy, but it's by faith that you pray in tongues. It's only by, you can only pray in tongues by faith because you have to believe that what you're praying is more powerful than anything and the Holy Spirit is interceding for you and building you up from the inside like, like nothing you've ever experienced. It's only by faith that you can pray in tongues. Um. So it says here, uh, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. And it says, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. What's your reputation? You know, is your reputation all based on what you've done, accomplished? Or, or would people be able to say, hey, by faith, Jerry did that. You know, by faith, 
James did that. You know, by faith, he accomplished the purpose for his life. You know, he, he, he fulfilled the destiny God called him for. By faith, you know, what, what things do we do by faith? It's got to be so many things that we do by faith. Like singing in worship, it's got to be by faith. Otherwise, you're crazy when you're singing like your goodness is running after me. <laughs> you better believe it is. If not, you're just, that's kind of crazy, right? When you do the declaration, you know, during the offering time, like, like, do you believe that? I just go, you know, it is by faith that I do that declaration because I believe I'm going to see those things in my life. I believe they're happening. I believe my words have power. See, God, in Genesis chapter one, he created Everything, right? And it says that he spoke it into existence. And before that, what was there? It was the, the, the spirit was hovering over the face of the earth. So the spirit was present and the word was present, right? The Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father, Jesus, the word, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the earth. And then he spoke it and he said, let there be, Right? See, God operates by faith. God is moved by faith. He's not moved by need. If God was moved by need, there'd be no hungry people in the world. Right? He's moved by faith. And the same principle that he teaches us is the same principle in which he operates. The spirit was present, hovering. He spoke the word, and then there was power Creative power, dunamis power. And it is the same thing in our life. It's the same way that he's called us to create, to believe, to bring things into existence. So when you pray in the spirit, the spirit is present. When you pray according to God's word and God's promises, his word is present. And when you speak it into existence, the power creates. It's the same process. When, uh, when the angel came and uh, told Mary, um, you're going to have a baby, and his name's going to be Jesus, right? She's like, how can this be? And the angel said, let's read that, actually. It's in Luke chapter um, 1. And we're going to go verse 30. Are you getting something out of this morning? Okay, that's good. Hopefully more than just a laugh. One, Luke 1, 30. It says, um, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel. Forever his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay? Holy Spirit's present. And then the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How did an impossibility happen? You see the same thing? What, for, what came before that was the word of the Lord. You will have a baby, right? You say, how's this going to happen? Holy Spirit needs to be present, right? And when the Holy Spirit is present and the word is present, then power of the Most High overshadows you. That's dunamis. That's creating, right? 
And then she said, let it be unto me. She received it. It's a simple process, but when we are with the Holy Spirit, when we're in communion with Him, when we're praying in tongues, see, any, here's the thing. Many people try to believe all God's promises without the Holy Spirit. That's impossible. It's impossible. He needs to be present in that situation. Otherwise, there's only a word, but there's, you know, the Holy Spirit is not hovering. He's not present. How is there power going to, how is power going to happen? You know, and we're talking about not just healing and miracles. We're talking about you at school, in business, when you're dealing with relationships, when you're, you know, whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it is, impossibilities that are in front of you, whatever is God called you to do, you need to know the word of God, his promises, right, and receive that. And then you need to have faith and apply faith to that and say, yes, let it be unto me. And if you feel oh, like it's not really, you don't really feel that oomph, that power, you need to pray in tongues. You need to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You need to enrich your faith because you were given a measure of faith. You just need to jump on that treadmill and energize it. See, it was all designed so that we cannot boast of any of it. The only thing that is counted unto us is righteousness, and that is by faith. So if you have faith, what's counted to you is righteousness. You're a righteous person by faith. You believed God, and because you believed God, you're righteous. And because you believe God, you're worthy and deserving of all his promises. Because you believe God, not because you earned it. And some people think like, oh, okay, so grace, grace, I don't have to do a thing. No, that's not, that's not what it means. You still have to participate. You have to connect your faith. You have to intentionally know the promise of God. You have to intentionally speak the word of God. You have to intentionally pray in the spirit and say, all right, let's do this. Amen? You know, I, I feel like there's some things that some of you have been believing for a long time that you've been disappointed about. You know, and, I, and, and I've been there, you know. I think we've all, we've all had times where you're like, oh, man, I, I thought that was God, and that didn't happen, and I prayed, and I believed, and I had faith. You know, you need, to, you need to start praying in the spirit about those things that God gave you. Romans 12.3 says that he's given us all the measure of faith. So your faith is the faith of Jesus. You know what Jesus still had to do? He had to go spend time with the Father. He was in constant communion with the Holy Spirit. Romans 10.17 says the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what are we listening to? So here, here's the two parts about it. The first part is you need to know the promise. You need to hear the message, right? Like, for example, you don't have to be poor all your life. You can be prosperous and have more than enough and abound in such a way that you can be a blessing to others. That you may abound for every good work. That's what the word says. You know what that means? That means that you have too much that you can give to 
food bank, orphanage, church building, your friend who's in need. Who else needs some? I got too much. Anybody in that place? Yeah. That's where God wants us all to be. That's too good to be true, Pastor Paul. It's too good to be true, but it is. And so, faith comes by hearing. So when you hear that for the first time, you you can attach faith to something that you didn't know before. You understand that? That's why the word is so important. If you didn't know that you don't have to be sick all your life, and then you hear that by his stripes you were healed, and he took all your infirmity and all your sickness and all your pain on the cross, and that it has no right to be on you, then guess what? Now you heard it, so now I can produce faith to be attached to that promise. But unbelief tries to come, right? And tries to stay there. So what do you do? You pray in the Spirit. And you enrich your faith. So that there's absolutely no unbelief there. You know, I want to go to um, Mark uh, chapter... Actually. First, Matthew 17. In Matthew 17, verse 20. It says, because of your little faith, Jesus told him... um, and when I look that up, that, that's actually not a very good translation. What it actually is referring to is the word unbelief. So Jesus told him, for if you had faith even as a tiny mustard seed, I was like, okay, how come Jesus say it's because of your little faith that you couldn't cast out that demon? And then it tells them that if you had faith even as small as a tiny mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would, be, and it would go far away, and nothing would be impossible. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, Jesus. Like, why you tell them little faith and you tell them, like, if they have faith as little as a mustard seed? Like, so you mean, like, their faith was smaller than a mustard seed? Like, I don't think that's what it's saying. Do you follow me? Okay. So, so I looked that up, and actually it doesn't say little faith. The word is unbelief. It says because of your unbelief. There's a, the message translation says it this way, and, and this is really good. It says, because you're not taking God seriously. Some people don't take God seriously. I think, ah, that's too good to be true. Probably a wrong translation. <laughs> nah, they got excited there. Mm-mm. Too good to be true. Let me tell you, the things of the world are, you know, when something in the world sounds too good to be true, it, it is. It's too good to be true. You're about to get scammed, right? But we can't treat God that way. We can't treat God's word that way. That's the only thing that you actually could take at his word, literally as he said it. Jesus said, greater things than these you will do if you believe. That's exactly what he means. He gave us permission to go further than he did. Further than Jesus did? Yeah, because he lives in us now. And he's the one that gets glorified. Jesus isn't insecure, you know. He had three years of amazing miracles, right? You could have 30. What's more? Right? So it says, because you're not taking God seriously, said Jesus, the simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, say, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move, there is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. Nothing. So what in your life is too big to be, too big to be tackled on? Because that's where God wants to come in 
and co-labor with you and partner with you and move mountains, right? Fears, unbelief. Um, Matthew 21, so just a few chapters ahead. Verse 21 and 22. It's a wild statement. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you will not only do this which is done to the fig tree. You know what was done to the fig tree? Jesus had just spoken to the fig tree and say, dry up, die, because he, didn't, he had no fruit. So Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and within 12 hours, the fig tree was dried up and dead. And disciples were like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? So Jesus tells them, I tell you, if you have faith and you don't, and do not doubt, let's read that version, um, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything. Anything? Like, Jesus? Really? Like, anything? Like, you mean I can pray for a spouse? If you're single. Can I pray for a rich one? I wouldn't pray for a poor one. <laughs> I mean, whatever, you know, it's your prayer. <laughs> it's going to be your spouse. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Like, that's a pretty bold statement, you know, for Jesus to just be throwing this out around like that. You know, this kind of stirred up my faith. When I was 16, 17 years old, I started, you know, learning about these things that, you know, impossible things. And, and I had a lot of limitations back then. I, um, like one of them was uh, this myth that they, they said to me. And, and I want to preface this by saying I totally believe in going to college and, you know, education, all that. That's perfectly awesome. But, um, but it was said to me, like, if you don't go to college, you'll be a nobody, you know. Like, that was, like, my grandma was huge on education. She was a, a school teacher. She taught president kids and stuff like that just for many years. So she was, like, really, really high up on in, in, on education and very, valued it very much. And, um, and I went to one of the best schools in Mexico City um, since kindergarten, you know. And so that was the big thing. It was like, if, you know, if you don't go to college, you don't get a degree, you're not going to amount to anything in life. And so when I started learning about faith and I started learning about the word of God and I started seeing this, I'm like, where is that clause? <laughs> where is that thing about, like, if you don't go to college, you will be a nobody? Where did King David go to college? Where did Moses, where did uh, Paul, I mean, I know these guys studied, you know, I'm not saying that, but there's nowhere to be found and I, and I started learning the kingdom principles, you know, of believing God and having faith. And, and that if I just believe these promises and that if I just 
by faith apply these principles of sowing and reaping, like, it, you know, there's no limit. I was like, that's pretty amazing. Because it means I don't have to be like everybody else to accomplish everything God has for me and to live a prosperous life. And so I started applying these principles. And uh, one of the things I did, I went on the mission field when I was 18. And, uh, and I needed a laptop, you know. And laptops back then were super expensive, you know. This was like in 2002. You know, like super expensive. And, and I had no money for a laptop or nothing. You know, I just needed a laptop for, you know, for the work that I did in the ministry because we were traveling, you know. Um, and, um, and I'm like, all right, God, you know, you, you can provide me with a laptop. I have no money for it. And, um, and I'm just going to believe you're going to give me a laptop. And so I would just declare that, like, thank you, God, for my laptop. I know it's coming, you know. And then one day I had enough money to buy a, a, a case. So I bought a, a, a laptop bag. It was a really nice one. And, and, and I carried it around with me, you know, from city to city, empty. You guys are so mean. Why? By faith. Like, I was like, okay, you know, because, because when you believe that you have received, you act like it and you speak like it. So you remember I told you, like, when, when a revelation pierces through your mind and through your heart, it must also pierce through your speaker. Because if your belief system isn't connected to your speaker system, to your sound system, then it's, it's worthless. And so I would speak it. And thank God. You know, that I was surrounded with five friends who serve the Lord and who also had faith and, and believed this, right? So I wasn't bullied or mocked, right? <laughs> and uh, it was surely, you know, a matter of months. Um, yeah, my friend said to me, he's like, um, yeah, God told me to give you my laptop. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, and, uh, and I had a laptop. And then God blessed him with, I don't know what God blessed him with, but I'm pretty sure he did. You just ask him. It was Dan, actually. You know, Dan. So, yeah. And there's so many things. I mean, I, I actually could say, you know, I live by faith. You know, the Bible tells the righteous man will live by faith. And uh, often, and sadly enough, enough we've, heard, we've heard a lot of time, you know, we ask people, what do you do for a living? And they say, I live by faith. It just means they don't have a job. <laughs> they don't want to work. And that is not what God is referring to is living by faith, you know. Too many missionaries living by faith, you know. We need to support them. <laughs> That's not how God wants them to live by faith. That's not... That's the surviving, you know. Um, and so after after being in the mission field for a few years, that was one of the things I would uh, I would say. I'm like, I'm not going to be a poor missionary. I'm not going to be a poor missionary. I've seen many poor missionaries, you know. People would even visit us sometime. Pastors here from the States one time visited us in the mission field, took us out to breakfast. We're like, how long has it been since you guys ate? I'm like, no, we eat every day. But aren't you guys poor? I'm like, no, we're not poor. 
Can I have that to go? No, <laughs> Um, so anyways, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, it's Mark 9.23. And then um, in so many places, you know, it continues to tell us, like, if you believe, if you have faith and do not doubt, then anything you ask will be. And, and I think sometimes we've also fallen into the part of condemning ourselves and beating ourselves up or judging other people that haven't seen the promises of God. And say, they don't have faith, or I don't have faith, or I don't have enough faith. And what happens, that, that leads us to, to performance, and then to disappointment. Because then we we'll start confessing the word, maybe I'm not confessing it enough. Maybe I'm not saying it enough. Maybe I am not reading enough. Maybe I'm not giving enough. And what that does is it turns you back into works and performance, and you're no longer under grace. You're trying to earn stuff. When all you got to do is know the promise of God and speak in tongues until there is no more unbelief. You know, even the man that came to Jesus said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> it's like, maybe, right? What do you mean? It means like, I believe you, but I have some doubts. <laughs> I believe you, I want to believe you, but, you know. And that's real. What do you do? You pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Spirit. You know, praying in the Spirit is like, it's like there's all these bubbles, air pockets in your faith, Right? of unbelief, of like maybe it's lies from the devil. Maybe it's, you know, the enemy reminding you like it didn't work for that person. It didn't work for you before. You know, it hasn't happened. Like and maybe it's like these air pockets of unbelief, you know, in your faith. When you pray in the spirit, it's like all those bubbles are just going up and everything is becoming solid faith. That's exactly how I picture that. Because you know it's God's word. You even feel bad. You're like, I know it's there, but I just like, oh, I have a hard time believing that, you know? But it is true. So what is it? Is there some unbelief there? It's not that you have little faith or not enough faith or that God gave some people more faith. No, it's not that. It's that there's lies of the devil, that there's, you know, past experiences, that there's things in this world that maybe, just maybe, you're listening too much to other sources and the word of God. Last year, Bill Johnson said, if you hear more, if you listen more to the mainstream media than you do the word of God, your suffering is self-inflicted. <laughs> You're filling yourself up with more unbelief bubbles. You were strong on Sunday. Woo, you felt like you could conquer the world. You go out, you listen to the radio, you start surrounding yourself with people that are just like, air, Delta, and this and that and oh my gosh what's gonna happen i don't know maybe is it delta in the bible <laughs> i didn't know what delta was till the physical therapist told me the other day <laughs> he's like delta's coming i'm like who <laughs> like delta airlines <laughs> if you don't know what it is don't even worry about it. <laughs> Nothing. Because if you read Psalm 91 and you take God at his word, and you're like, I know, but help my unbelief. You got to start praying in tongues. 
get that air bubble up and out of there. See, that's why it's so important that you surround yourself with people that share the faith and the vision pillars with you in their life. What is that? You know, we talked about that before. Um, there's nothing wrong with having friends and people in your life that are, are just not as strong in the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. But it is important that of who you mostly surround yourself with, who do you spend most time listening to? Because that's going to affect, because faith comes by hearing, right? So all of a sudden, you start hearing more of other stuff, and somehow, that stinking thinking elevates itself above the knowledge of God. You know what the Bible tells you to do with anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God? To cast it down. To grab that thought and throw it into prison. So what are you listening to? And who you surround yourself with? Amen? Well, I have so much more, but I'm, I'm going to stop here. And we're going to continue next week. Uh, and we're going to talk about some other specific things, maybe. Uh, faith on finance and resources. Faith on healing and health. And just, you know, let's just believe that our faith is going to be enriched. Like you're going to go nuclear, you know. I mean, maybe some of you haven't gone nuclear yet, but you just need to pray in the Spirit. And then today, I'm going to ask the, the prayer team to come up. And when they come up, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit or you, you're like, I don't have my spiritual language. I don't speak in tongues yet. Just keep asking for it. Keep getting prayer for it. Keep believing. You know, like, it's going to come. I've heard of this stuff before. And sometimes it's our own mind that's just getting in the way. You know, sometimes it's you telling yourself, like, oh, you're going to sound real weird. Don't do that. Don't say that. You know. And, uh, and you just got to get past that, you know. It is by faith that I speak in tongues. So close your eyes for a moment, and I want to ask you this, you know. If you were there, uh, we didn't read it all, but you can read it at home in Hebrews 11. When it starts talking about all the people that by faith they did this, what would, what would it say about you? By faith you, you know, and... Maybe you have some amazing stories, some amazing victories. By faith, you did this. By faith, you obeyed God in this. And maybe, maybe, you know, there's nothing to fill in there yet. You know, maybe you're like, oh, by faith, I got dressed this morning, you know. But, but there's things in there God has prepared for you. You know, your destiny, your calling, impossible things, resources, and, and, and even touching people's lives. By faith, you stopped and prayed for somebody. By faith, you believed for their healing. By faith. You know, so what would it say there, you know? By faith, I homeschool my kids. Yes. By faith, you know, I come to church in the middle of a pandemic. By faith. By faith. By faith, Todd blank by faith julia blank by faith what you know so god i thank you i thank you for your word and i ask you that you would stir in our hearts the desire to conquer impossibilities and see the invisible things god that you have uh, prepared for us the amazing abundant life that you have prepared for us god that we would be able to see it that we would be able to uh, be excited about it, and that we would be able to um, remove the unbelief bubbles that are still there in, in some of these promises and visions and things that seem too big right now, God. I thank you that hope does not put to shame. I thank you, God, that our hope in you will never put us to shame. 
And I thank you, God, for the amazing things that you're doing in everybody's life here, God. Thank you for more testimonies, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your protection. Thank you for your provision. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for this a week of uh, restoring relationships in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for the impossible things to come, to happen. We thank you for the prodigals coming home, prodigal sons and daughters coming home. And the hearts of the fathers turn to the sons, the hearts of the sons turn to the fathers in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you for the amazing things you're doing. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.